Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. in the desert on a Wednesday, live from our VEASAN studio at Circa Resort and Casino. Got a jam-packed hour ahead, talking a lot of NFL, college football, a little MLB playoff action sprinkled in. I'm Stormy Tony, Stephanie Kamershack at the controls in our producer's chair. And my guys today are star-studded. Legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger is going to be in studio in just a little bit. We've also got VEASAN's own Tim Murray and Dave Fleming, ESPN play-by-play and San Francisco Giants broadcaster. But first things first, let's get into our top five things you need to know today. Number one, with the Clay Helton firing at USC this week, naturally, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer was asked about the opening and he said, quote, there's no chance I'm here and committed to trying to build this organization and I, I believe him, but let's be honest here. Even if he was super interested or already accepted the job, he'd probably still say the same thing. Because remember at Florida when Urban said he'd stay there until the administration no longer wanted him or when he said he wasn't going to be the head coach at Ohio State and then ultimately was. Or when he said he was done with football forever a, a, a couple of times. Who knows what's going on in the dome of that guy these days. And the Jags off to a bit of a rough start. Open two and a half on the look ahead line at home this week against Denver, but sitting today plus six. Number two, Odell Beckham Jr. has been ruled out for the Browns here in week two. Their matchup with the Texans, the game time decision on Monday. Universally, I think most of us expected him to play, but he was mysteriously out still dealing with that ACL from last year, it seems. The Browns, despite being 0-1, though, didn't look like they, they missed him too much. I think the Browns might be the real deal this season. Number three, 
The Giants have ruled out tight end Evan Ingram for the second straight game. He's dealing with a calf injury. He's going to miss Thursday night football game with Washington. Giants getting three and a half. They reportedly considered putting Ingram on the injured reserve list before the season, which means he'd miss the first three weeks. So you kind of get a little optimistic that he'll at least be back for week three. As for the game, though, Washington's had a, a bad track record in this matchup, but the Giants offense off to a really slow start. Washington's head coach Ron Rivera said their defense looks to take a step ahead this coming week. So we'll see what happens there. Total four and a half. Speaking of the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, as well as L.A. Dodgers, have each punched their tickets to the postseason. Giants were nine to one at the start of the preseason to even make the postseason, let alone have the best record in baseball right now. So um, the, the oddsmakers still don't have any belief in them, though. Ten to one in the World Series odds, uh, really down there. Dodgers, of course, big favorites to repeat a plus two fifty. Oddsmakers really don't believe in the Cardinals. You see that down there at eighty to one. More on that with Dave Fleming when he joins us later. And last but certainly not least, number five. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport first reported this morning that Las Vegas Raiders defensive tackle Gerald McCoy suffered a season-ending knee injury in the Monday night football game over the Ravens. Another injury blow for the six-time Pro Bowler after missing all of last season with a ruptured quad. The Raiders signed Damian Square off the Bears practice squad yesterday to help out there. Other long-term injuries, by the way, for the Raiders looks like guard Denzel Good out for the year with a torn ACL and backup quarterback Marcus Mariota with a re-injured quad strain from the preseason. We've got lots more to talk about with regard to the Raiders after a monster win over the Ravens. Here's how it sounded as Vegas closed out the overtime win. That Renfro is to his left. And here, they come. here they come. And here they come. Blitz is picked up. Jones is open. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown! This time, no doubt, put it in the W column, baby. This one's over. And a baby. Jackpot, baby. <laughs> I love it. Brent Musburger in the house with us. What a call yeah. on Raider Nation Radio 920. Do you, do you, does that just come to you naturally in the moment? You just know? Well, on that one, uh, Stormy, it, it was interesting. It was a great play design by Coach John Gruden. He took Waller and Renfro, and he bracketed Jones. And if you're a defensive back, you're going to forget Jones because you've got two prime targets out there. So I know the secondary hesitated for the Ravens a little bit. And Jones, as he broke across and Humphreys was chasing him immediately, you know, I saw him wide open. Mm -hmm. So all, and so did Derek. All Derek had to do was throw the ball and, um, you know, since it's now the Las Vegas Raiders, jackpot seems appropriate. I, I don't think I would use it in any other city, Perfect. but with any other team. Uh, but it was a stormy. It was a great night. I know that you had worked the ESPN sideline because I had seen you at the BYU-Arizona mm -hmm. game, uh, which the Cougars were able to win. And you know how electric the stadium was for that, but it was twice that for the Raiders on this Monday night game. You know, we had first of all, we had more people in. Uh, and it's a, it's a gigantic party every time the Raiders play at Allegiant. That's what it's going to be. I joked on the show yesterday that the game was a, as wild and maybe intoxicated as the crowd was yesterday. Yeah. My, uh, my oldest son, Blake, he said, Dad, I've never seen people drink so many $13 beers. 
at the game. Uh, they had a great time. And, uh, you know, it was interesting that a lot of people, including Blake and Arlene, after the touchdown was called uh, the first time, they were actually leaving the stadium to get over the car and kind of beat the traffic when they heard about it. And so they watched uh, the real ending of the game the second time that the Raiders were down on the big screen as they were leaving the stadium. Oh okay? my gosh. It, was, it was kind of it because it was a long time before instant replay ruled that Edwards was short of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Then they gave the Raiders a bad spot. If you look at that tape carefully, that ball should have been placed inside the one-yard line. It was back at about the one-and-a-half. And, of course, Derek got stuffed on the uh, on the first try to sneak it up into the end zone. But, uh, Stormy, it was, a, uh, it was a great night. I bet. No question. And Arlene, by the way, part of our in-studio audience in here today, along with <laughs> our guy, Bill Aidey. Um, what did you learn, though, from the Raiders their first week that maybe we can apply here to Week 2 against the Steelers? I would say be careful about their offensive line, and the offensive line to the betting community should mean a lot, okay? Because they're going up against uh, T.J. Watt in a very tough Pittsburgh Steeler defense this week. Uh, This could wind up being a low-scoring game Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. I watched the Steelers against Buffalo tape of the game, and the Steelers won that game because of their defense and a block punt that were two things that controlled the game in the second half uh, against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills Uh, the other thing John Gruden and Derek Carr you know you know because you've been reading the review journal for years for whatever reason the media in this city never embraced Derek Carr he's much better than that he's big time quarterback he can he can take the Raiders into the playoffs they're going to score okay but will they score as many points with this injury-riddled offensive line? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm, I've always been a big fan of Derek Carr back to his Fresno State days. Yeah. You know I'm a Mountain West girl, right. so I've always wanted him to have success. And you know he was having that MVP year, essentially, before he got injured and Absolutely. things changed. So I'm a big fan of Derek Carr. But speaking of, of injuries, off the top, we mentioned Gerald McCoy. Right. Um, they're that on the defensive side. How do you feel just in general about the Raiders' health right now? You, you mentioned not, not great, it seems yeah. like. You know, uh, when you're a fan of a team and you're a San Francisco 49er yes. fan, okay, yes. and you know, I know how we know de- all about injuries. Decimated by injuries last year, and now, Mossert, you've lost your great running back already this year. It is part of the NFL. So it is up to franchises to build depth, and it's very difficult to do. Your practice squad has got to have guys ready to be activated. And uh, I was just listening to somebody on a radio, and he was spot on. You have got to have scouts every week checking out the various practice teams. You said that the Raiders had picked up a lineman uh, mm-hmm. from somebody from Seattle, somebody from that, Bears, they're, yep. yeah, that they're bringing in. Uh, and so it'll be that depth that will tell the story. But, and you know, here we have Mariota, the backup quarterback. One play, great play, 31-yard gain, but re-injured his hamstring and now he becomes questionable so uh it's a war of attrition as the national football league proceeds and the teams that succeed the most to me are the ones that stay the healthiest and the difference in last year's super bowl tampa bay's defense was much healthier than kansas city's offensive line and that wound up being the difference of the game so my advice to handicappers is always pay attention late in the week to that injury report. And if you see doubtful, they're not going. If you see questionable, 
there's a pretty strong chance that they are going, okay? And they will tell you if a guy is out. The NFL is the best league in the universe for identifying injuries and letting the betting public know. The worst, you work for them, the National Hockey League, they might tell you after the game that somebody was. Upper body, lower body, if I'm lucky. Uh, oh, it's amazing. Brutal. It's amazing. Being a sideline reporter for hockey, not ideal. In college football, <laughs> it's my job to go track down injuries. I know. you got to get, uh, get very close with the trainers down there on yeah, the sideline. Oh. That's what my guy Jack Root used yep. to do. Okay, and then Maria Taylor, she learned how to do that, too, in the SEC when she was our sideline reporter. Oh, yeah. No, it's a work in progress. Yeah, no question. We got a little bit of time here before sure. we have to take a quick break. You also saw the Ravens up close and personal, just right. immediate takeaways from them. Uh, when you have a cluster of injuries that they did to their running backs, I mean, Murray came in, I, I think he'd had three days of practice. It was clear during the game that he wasn't certain about the audibles because Lamar would reach over and tell him, and the crowd noise, he couldn't just bark it out. So he would have to tell Murray what the play was. I think that the combination of the cluster of injuries to running backs and the crowd noise did affect Lamar Jackson greatly. And then he wound up trying to do too much, and so he committed the two biggest turnovers of the game. But anytime you saddle up against the Ravens, get ready. They're coming. They're going to bring pressure off that defensive line. They're still one of the best fronts in the league. On that uh, winning touchdown to Zay Jones, they had two guys breathing down Derek's neck. Yep. No question. And hey, guys, to stay up to date on all of this stuff, make sure you download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. OddsTrader.com. Check it out. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. 
Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Make sure this football season that you get your best sports betting season ever. And you can only do so, I'm telling you, if you start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game. Plus, full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything vsin has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Back here on My Guys in the Desert with the legendary Brent Musburger, who called a barn burner of a game, <laughs> Raiders and Ravens on Monday night. But because the game was on Monday, that means you had all Sunday, not just to prepare for the game, but to watch all of the other games. <laughs> oh, yes. So what intrigued you most on Sunday? The Los Angeles Rams, Yeah, uh, they put on a show, especially in the second half. Matthew Stafford, but you know, I was a little curious about how he would do, and the Bears had played him so often when he was a Detroit Lion quarterback, I didn't think that they would have that much trouble with him, but he carved him up. Uh, of course, the Rams have got big-time receivers. The, the NFC West and the AFC West uh, stand at 8-0. and I know. Now, okay, both divisions are going to be dogfights. Well, uh, let me check that. The, the Chargers and the Raiders and the Broncos still have something to prove to show that they can move into the category with Kansas City. I think everybody realizes that. But over there in the NFC, I mean, you've got Russell Wilson up there in Seattle. Now you've got Stafford down in Los Angeles. You, Jimmy Garoppolo, he was fine. He was solid in his first game. And Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray put on an MVP performance, okay, in Tennessee. He was electric, mm-hmm. okay? And so... That's going to be a dogfight every week over in the, uh, the NFC West. It's interesting that you said that because that was actually something I was going to ask you about because the NFC West, everybody knows is kind of the NFC best, right? right? They're the dominant division in the league right now. But the AFC West, I think they could be kind of sneaky this year if they do prove themselves, as you said. Yeah, it, you know, Justin Herbert has got such a great upside. Derek Carr, we've talked about that being up, uh, underrated, but the Denver Broncos are a little bit of an unknown. They're healthy now again on defense, okay? And it looks like Teddy Bridgewater, he earns that nickname, Teddy Covers. <laughs> when you take a look at him, uh, his record against the spread is really solid. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, he's not like a Justin Herbert. Uh, he's not going to just blow you away when you watch him quarterback a game, but he wins. And when they're an underdog, covers the spread. I think they're down in Jacksonville uh, coming up. Now, the reason to hesitate if you're a better on that particular game is be careful of teams on consecutive weeks on the road, especially in the Eastern time zone. The Broncos went in and beat New York. I'm not sure where they're traveling this week. 
I know your 49ers are staying. Um, they're down at Greenbrier practicing this week. They've got back-to-back games back there. But it is something to be aware of as a handicapper of time zones, especially the West Coast teams. We go to Pittsburgh, we being the Raiders. That's kind of what I was o'clock. thinking about. Too, 10 o'clock, was the body start. emotional game that you guys had short week, and then yeah. you have to travel cross-country. It's yeah, a challenge. It's, it is a very it's, it's real challenge. It's, uh, but it is what it is. The schedule, you, you have to play it. And every every team faces a couple of weeks during the season where it's going to be difficult, you know, and uh, and you just have to deal with it. As far as the injuries are concerned, everybody in the league, it's a cliche, but like most cliches, it's true. It's next man up. I'm sure that Teddy, by the way, appreciates Teddy covers more than Teddy two gloves, but yeah, that's just I know. me. I, I, I refuse to call him Teddy. <laughs> There's too many receivers that are two gloves in this league, okay? <laughs> the biggest uh, surprise of the weekend, at least I know, to me, I told you earlier, they were my one contest loser in the millions earlier this week was the Packers. Uh, I did not okay. expect whatsoever yeah. for Aaron Rodgers to have that performance. Was that the biggest surprise to you yeah, also? Yeah, not that they lost necessarily, but how horribly they played. I am going to give them one excuse, okay, because I do think it is a factor in September. When the Saints were forced out of New Orleans because of the hurricane, the league, they could not play in Dallas where they were practicing because of a concert. The league said you can have any of three stadiums in Florida. Your pick. They chose Jacksonville because they found it the most difficult and the most expensive for Packer fans to travel from Milwaukee to get to Jacksonville, believe it or not. Okay, now, but the other thing that I think was a real factor is the humidity in Florida. I used to live down there, okay? Darlene, I were down in Jupiter for you. You like the dry heat now. Oh, yeah. I'll take the dry heat anytime over that humidity. And Aaron Rodgers does not have a good record in Florida, believe it or not, uh, traveling in. He played poorly in Tampa uh, last year. Now, there was no excuse for how badly they all played, I didn't think. You know, they, they really did not show up. And, of course, the conspiracy theorists, Got on the Twitter. Blah, 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 blah. Ooh, He's like sabotaging the, the team. You know, <laughs> he wants no, no, he didn't. He just played a terrible football game. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, he was on Pat McAfee. He was talking after the game. He knows he played bad. He knows that exactly. he, he's frustrated. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely is interesting. I know there's a lot of people talking about his off season and how it might have <laughs> affected him game one. But the odds makers still believe in the Packers, obviously. Minus 11 against the Lions this week, so they believe. Yeah, that's a, actually, I am considering, I love I love dogs. I'm like your father. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was telling Brent in the break, my dad will not stop giving me grief about how much I love betting favorites in yeah. the millions contest. Four out of five favorites. Yeah. Storm, you can't do it. <laughs> you know, listen, your 49ers had the game completely under control. And then they took their foot off the gas, and here came the Lions, and they got that backdoor covered, depending on when you bet on the game, okay? And the Lions, to me, uh, they showed, you know, they responded to the coach. I'm sure that they got on them at halftime for how badly they had played against the 49ers. So now they go in against a division rival. A division rival should be ready to play this time, but still, I mean, that's that's a tough number. I mean, you're up over 10 points on me, okay? So if, I've, if I can start a game like that, 10 and a half to nothing, I'll take it in one of the contests. So we'll we'll see. I'll I'll pay attention. Okay. It's a weekend full. Okay. Give your father that door. <laughs> <laughs> Anything over a touchdown in the NFL, I feel like, is always Absolutely. a Absolutely. little bit dicey. Is there a team that lost week one that you have faith in the potential to bounce back here in week two? Cleveland. Cleveland? Yeah. I, I think, they look I think good. Cle- 
you know, the uh, the problem with Cleveland, Cleveland had it, but you're up against a guy that you never, you're never certain that you're going to win a game against. Uh, Mahomes is just the best, okay, at rallying a team. I was disappointed in Baker Mayfield's last two series in that game. You know, our quarterbacks become MVPs based on how they do in the fourth quarter when they're behind. That's, that's when, when, I mean, Tom Brady, through his career, was able to come back with the Patriots and even a couple of times with the Buccaneers. That, that's when you show your value as a quarterback. Anybody who's up 21-7 to 7 can quarterback, I'm assuming you're an NFL quarterback, but when you're down by 10, 12, 14 points in the fourth quarter and every series is so important, that's when you separate. But having said that, the Cleveland Browns offensive line on paper is as good as there is in the NFL. And they perform very well against Clark and Jones. Uh, Jones got a couple plays on him late, but that was it. He's got weapons on the outside. And he has arguably with that offensive line and the two running backs that they have with Chubb and Hunt. They've got the best running attack in the league. So I think the Browns will bounce back from that. I think, I think off of what I saw with the Ravens, Stormy, I, I think the Browns will still win that division. Okay, that's that's what I think. Yeah, the Browns had control of that game. It looked like for yeah. three quarters, and just like you said, those last two drives exactly. for Baker Mayfield didn't live up to what they needed to be. All five rookie quarterbacks from the first round were in action this week, whether they started or just had a package built for them. Right. Uh, Mac Jones has now surpassed. Uh, our guy Trevor Lawrence in the Offensive Rookie of the Year odds. He's at plus 400 now. What are your thoughts on the rookie quarterbacks? Who, who, if you had to like rank them out, where would they go? Well, you know, it's interesting. In uh, Point Spread Weekly, the lady had me write a column, and I said, pass on Trevor Lawrence because the price was too short, okay? And I said, take a look at the back Jones. And Justin Fields, obviously, is going to get a chance here soon to take over the Bears. I would think that Nagy has to... I was curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think he has to make a move because, as was explained to me earlier this morning, um, the Bears' schedule gets really tough here at about week six. They played some of the best defenses in the league. And uh, the analogy was, what would a boxing manager do? Well, he puts some cupcakes in against his guy at first, so he gets some experience. Confidence. Yeah, he builds that confidence exactly is what they do, Stormy. So I would... If I was the Bears right now, I'd make that move. You're 0-1, and, and I, would, I would plug him in and give him some experience, and let's see. Um, Mac Jones is the best timing thrower of the five, even better than Trevor Lawrence, believe it or not. Now, he's not as athletic as, as Trevor. In fact, he's a, probably, of all five, he probably uh, is the poorest overall athlete, and I don't mean to degrade him at all, but he's not going to run away. He's not going to rush for 50 yards in a game, and he's going to get sacked a couple of times every game, too, you know. But when he's got his time, his ball is so catchable, he throws better than any of them. Yeah, he, he can make some special throws oh, off yeah. that back well, leg you, or whatever You tell me is. about Zach Wilson. You yeah. around him. He And as far as study habits go, I know we've heard a lot about, right. about it from Robert Sala lately. He is all about ball all the time. And I, I know his former offensive coordinator, uh, Roderick, over at BYU, that he could make all the throws and his timing was impeccable. So right. we'll have to see. Brent, thank you so much for Thanks, doing Stormy. this. Appreciate you. Hey, my guys in the desert never look better. I want oh, you to know that, Ken. Okay. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back right after this.
You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city casts are up and running with five new episodes every week. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get podcasts. Another big thank you to Brent Musburger and Arlene for coming in studio today. Brent, by the way, will be on the show every week. And uh, I know. We talked a lot of overreactions this week. They are not exclusive to the NFL, my friends. It's only week three in the college football season, and we already have a bunch of contenders and pretenders that are being sniffed out. I picked one of each just for the sake of time. My contender, the Oregon Ducks. Yes, I know that they were the Pac-12 favorites coming into the season at plus 250, but their conference championship last year, let's be honest, it was kind of a ruse because Washington couldn't play. I didn't know what to expect from their new quarterback. The list goes on. But for a Pac-12 team to walk into the horseshoe, beat Ohio State that soundly as 14-and-a-half-point dogs gets me feeling all warm and fuzzy. inside. Finally, a team in, that looks like it could really belong in the playoff. 25-1 to national championship odds. Sixth team on the board. The next four weeks or, sh- or so should be a bit of a cakewalk for you. Then handle business against UCLA. The more challenging part of the league schedule. Should be good things for Oregon. The pretender this week, the team I thought that was going to be good that actually turned out to be a sick liar, the Florida State Seminoles. Is there any other pick? After going and facing Notre Dame, going toe-to-toe with those guys at home, we all thought the Seminoles would go to FCS Jacksonville State and stomp them. The spread was 26 and a half. Instead, they failed to score from the one in the fourth quarter, allow the Gamecocks to rally. They lose straight up. 17-14 because of terrible coverage on the last play of the game. Crushed my in-game and crushed my soul. Looks like a losing season to me for the third time in the last four years for the Knolls. Honorary mention, by the way, in my pretender category, Washington. Because no team has confused me quite as much as the Huskies. Time now to bring in VEASAN's own Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap here at Circa every night on the weekdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Tim, even when you're not here, you're here. Thanks for coming on, pal. Anytime. And uh, yeah, you're crushing my soul a little bit with Washington. I'm done with the Huskies. Uh, You made me look foolish. So uh, we're through. I've broken up. We're we're all done. I am with you. I can't take it. And I had so much hope for Jimmy Lake's team this year. I mean, I will say the defense has has done their job at least. Um, But Florida State, my primary pretender. Um, I know that this was a play this week that you were eyeing Florida State versus Wake Forest, who they've got on the horizon this weekend. Wake laying five and a half at home, total down from 67 and a half to 61 and a half. What's going to be the story of this game in your mind? Yeah, this is kind of what you pointed out, right? I mean, nobody is high on Florida State anymore. Think about how our minds have changed after a close loss Felt like storybook type of season. Maybe they're going to beat Notre Dame on that island game. Eight plus million people watching the Knolls. Packed house down at Doe Campbell. All the feels of what (laughs) we used to remember about Florida State go out the window with a loss to Jacksonville State. And this is where you got to tough it up. You got to hold your nose. And you got to say, how bad is Florida State? I don't think they're that bad, Stormy. Let me ask you this question. If. Florida State was playing Wake Forest last Saturday. What is this number? Two and a half, two, maybe a pick. It's going to be a trendy dog play. Now they're getting five and a half at Wake Forest. 
who has played nobody so far. Old Dominion hadn't played a football game in over a year when they played them in week one. Uh, Norfolk State is an FCS program that is, you know, way down there in the MEAC. Their best running back, who uh, my partner in crime, Sean King, has a man crush on, Kenneth Walker <laughs> III, is running for the Spartans uh, of Michigan State, no longer down there in Winston-Salem. So I think this is just really coming together as a spot where it is desperation mode for Florida State. You can't start 0-3. Uh, we saw what happened to Willie Taggart in year two. He got fired. I don't think they're going to get there yet with Mike Norvell, but I think it's somewhere in between what we saw in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame and somewhere what we saw against Jacksonville State. I like this number. I think it's inflated off of what we saw last weekend. Uh, remember, they were up by 10 against Jacksonville State before blowing that lead. So I'm going to take the points of Florida State. Sometimes it's never fun to be uh, going against the public here, but I think this is a, a bit of an overreaction and a desperate spot for the Knolls. So I'll take the points on the road this weekend. Yeah, and if you really believe in them, plus 170 on the money line play for the Knolls. I, I see that Notre Dame National Championship little banner thing you've got back there, <laughs> and you and I are both fans of the Irish. Number 12, Notre Dame. Minus seven and a half at Purdue this week. And our Irish have been playing with fire a little bit, as you know. Well, oh, yeah. we talked about it with Florida State and now playing a Boilermakers offense that just threw for six touchdown passes their last game. That wide receiver, Davis Bell, looks like a difference maker. Where are you leaning here? Yeah, this is another one of those spots, uh, Stormy, where I think you're either getting Notre Dame at a great value price or Notre Dame's just not that good. Or it could be a little <laughs> bit of both. Uh, but, don't you know, say when this that, Tim. Seven, we don't want to talk like that. But when this touched seven, I had to take a little piece of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. uh, I just felt like with uh, the matchup up front, uh, you know, Purdue's got a legit NFL talent coming off the edge in Khalifas. Uh, so I think Notre Dame could struggle there. The offensive line is a real issue, Stormy. That's the problem. Four players on that roster last year are on NFL rosters right now. So Notre Dame had to rebuild on the fly. They've got good talent. It's just taken some time. Uh, Kane Madden, who came in as a grad transfer from Marshall, who was an All-American last year, has been incredibly underwhelming. Uh, they've dealt with some attrition at left tackle. So, you know, Notre Dame has to figure it out on the fly there. But I think this is actually a good spot. Uh, at seven and a half, it's starting to get into that range where I don't love it. But at seven, it was intriguing to me. And I, I just feel like next week is a really challenging matchup against Wisconsin with the power that they have up front defensively. But I think Notre Dame is going to be able to figure out ways to to mask uh, the strengths of Purdue. Purdue lost their running back for the year, which is an issue. Notre Dame does need to figure out a way to get the running game going. And we saw last week the implementation of Tyler Buckner, who's a dual threat quarterback. I think you're going to see more of that to keep de defenses off balance. Jack Cohn has actually played pretty well, and he played extremely well against Florida State on the road, Stormy, but it makes them one-dimensional. Tyler Buckner, we saw against Toledo, he brings in an element uh, of the run game to keep defenses off balance. So I think Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator for Notre Dame, is going to have to figure out ways to, you know, play that two-quarterback system. But you're starting to see playmakers emerge. You know, the big question, too, is the home run threat. Uh, you mentioned Bell for Purdue. Uh, Notre Dame has allowed four plays of 60 yards or more this season. Stormy, Clark Lee, the previous defensive coordinator, in three years allowed three total plays of 60 yards or more. So they need to clean that up. Uh, but I do think Notre Dame's in a good spot to win seven to 10 points at seven and a half, probably not a play for me, but I do think the Irish take care of business and uh, maybe gets 
the Golden Domers a little happier heading into that Wisconsin showdown next weekend. Yeah, and we actually see it up to eight now. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to have to see where that number continues to go leading up to Saturday. Weird, by the way, to see Tommy Reese still for me as a coach now. I just, I, it's just, I, <laughs> my head can't put it together. Um, and by the way, those are explosive plays, not chunk plays. Okay, chunk plays are one thing to give up, but you're 100% right there. Uh, number eight, Cincinnati at Indiana this week as a three and a half point favorite. Cincinnati continuing to do its best to be a group of five team that makes its push for the playoff. As I said, ranked eighth in the country right now. Desmond Ritter has had a great start to the year, but they place, they've got to face a real team now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is one of those spots. This is kind of a Josh Applebaum special, right? This Ooh. is uh, he's going to be all over Indiana in this spot, and I'm I'm leaning that way. Haven't pulled the trigger just yet. Uh, it was one of my plays in Point Spread Weekly. I think along with Wes and and Matt Humans. You know, I look at look ahead lines that Chrissy Andrews set uh, way back in May, and what was that? Well, he set this game at a pick, Stormy, back in May, and now it's four. So was he was he off on his numbers? It's possible. Uh, and Michael Penix Jr.'s health is a big concern. If he's 100%, I really like Indiana in this spot. So this is a wait-and-see situation. But, you know, you could walk around Las Vegas right now and ask everybody who they're putting their money on, and 99% of them are going to say Cincinnati. People are going to think this is a low price. They've got something to prove. And they very well may be right. You know, I think a big concern if you're looking at taking the points with Indiana is offensive line that has struggled. Cincinnati's strength is their defensive front. Uh, Luke Fickle, obviously a tremendous defensive mind. Uh, he's got some dudes up front there for Cincinnati. Got a veteran quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Uh, one thing Wes Reynolds did point out in Point Spread Weekly, Stormy, this will be a sellout for the first time since 2017 mm. in Bloomington. So keep that in mind. A wait-and-see approach, but I think I might be taking the points here with Indiana. You know, when you said that 99% of people that you would go up to, I'm looking at my handy-dandy chart here and had to do a double-take because I don't know how much money has come in already, but 99% of Moneyline bets are on the Bearcats, 89% with the spread. So thank you, Tim. Awesome stuff. Appreciate you coming in, and I know you'll be back here later tonight. You bet, Stormy, anytime. Talk to you later. Again, you can watch and listen to Tim here at Circa on the Nightcap from 7 to 10 Pacific time tonight and every weeknight. When we come back, I've got my top five Heisman hopefuls as of week three and ESPN and Giants play-by-play man Dave Fleming joins the show. Stay with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget to download the free oddstrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sports books, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more when you go to oddstrader.com. This is My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. And outside of maybe Lamar Jackson a half decade ago, you don't win the Heisman Trophy in September, right? But you can lose it. And not saying people are totally out, but the likes of De'Ara King, Akeem Slovis, looks more and more unlikely. So here's where I stand right now on my Heisman rankings headed into this weekend. To get us started, welcome to the group chat, CJ Verdell. Yes, I said Verdell, not Stroud, the guy who carved up Ohio State to the tune of 195 total yards and three touchdowns. More often than not, of course, is a quarterback award, but a running back, I feel like everybody should take notice of 25 to 1 odds. Number four, got Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati. Ritter could be in rare territory here as a group of five quarterback with a legit shot if he and his team continue to win, as we talked about with Tim Murray earlier. 2-0 so far this year, 565 yards and seven touchdowns. Maybe voters can give him a little extra credit because he's Big 12 adjacent these days. We'll have to wait and see. Number three, I've got Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, 6-1 to odds. Speaking of the Big 12, this guy looks to be ready to feed on those defenses around the league. Eight total touchdowns. I know he's picked off twice week one against Tulane, but what he did, he did what he was supposed to do against Western Carolina. No mercy, near 77% completion percentage overall. At number two, I've got my guy, Matt Corral, Old Miss. His odds slashed. From 25 to 1 down to 12 to 1 last week, 5 to 1 now. So you may have already missed the boat on the King of Mississippi. Tulane this week, then the Big Kahuna of Alabama, a primetime event between my top two Heisman candidates. Wait, did I give that away? No, you already knew. Number one, Bryce Young at Alabama, plus 350. He's got the shortest odds on the board, and I feel like they're just going to get shorter. Dominated Miami week one with a quartet of TDs. Then cruise to an easy win and a blemish-free night over Mercer. It's a, what if what if Alabama does a double-double? Repeats, defending champions for the Natty, and another place in the Heisman House 
I could see it happen. I really could. Now time to check in with another guy who, quite frankly, also deserves a trophy for how hard he works and how busy he has been. Dave Fleming, ESPN play-by-play man and voice of the San Francisco Giants. Dave, you literally have, like, no days off right now. How are you balancing this MLB and college football schedule? Well, it's a, it is a busy time. Great to be with you, Stormy. I I, I, uh, I love it, though. I mean, I've, uh, I'm in the middle of a pennant race on the baseball side of things where I do local broadcasts, and then often you and I are working together on uh, ESPN College Football where uh, we, we get to travel around and see a bunch of different teams and uh, get exposed to different conferences. As the season starts, you get a lay of the land. I mean, I'm listening to you talk about the Heisman Trophy odds, and and things do change. I mean, you think you know, and then the season starts, and maybe you didn't know quite mm-hmm. as much as you thought you did, which is one of the things I love about the early part of the season where uh, I feel like you and I and people who work in the in the sport get a real true quick sense of, uh-oh, that was, that's way different than what I expected. So anyway, I mean, it's a super busy time for me, but really, really fun. Yeah, and I, I do think it's kind of funny, though. You said how we go all over the place for college football, not for you. Three weeks in a row now, you're covering the BYU Cougars. You did get to go to, to Vegas, though, which is nice. Um, but now, this this being your third week, I thought I covered BYU a lot. I think that you have me beat now. A tough spot for the Cougars facing ASU, coming off such an emotional win in that upset against Utah. But realistically, if BYU were to go three for three, these first three games against the season, uh, against Pac-12 opponents, in the national scope, what would this tell you about the Cougars? I think it'd tell you they're good uh, because, you know, Arizona's not very good, but Utah and Arizona State are. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are teams that feel like they're contenders in the Pac-12. So I think if BYU, even getting both of those games at home, if they beat both of those teams, week one, I don't know how much that tells us. Week two and three, if they get wins in both of them, I think that would tell me that BYU would figure to be an upper echelon Pac-12 team if they fit in there. And that means, to my eyes, they're a top 20 team this season. So it's a big, big week for BYU. If they don't win this week, then I think it kind of, you kind of reset things. And I'm not sure BYU's got the schedule to recover from that. What were your impressions of Jaron Hall and his jump from week one to week two? Yeah, he made a big jump. I mean, I think this is going to be, this is the story to me of BYU season and People, it took them a while. You and I saw Zach Wilson early last year, and I think both of us came away thinking, wow, now that's a guy who had played some some games before, a lot of games, in fact, but clearly was a totally different player last year. And it was immediately obvious to us that we're talk- we were talking about a really, really talented young man who had a chance to to be special, not just at the college level, but beyond uh, but BYU was playing, you know, there was UTSA and Texas mm-hmm. State and uh, whoever else they were playing <laughs> early last year. And it was it was hard for everybody else to jump on board. Anyway, this season is a little different because I think, you know, Zach Wilson leaves and people just assume, which I assumed also, big drop off at the quarterback spot. I, I mean, I hate to even say this because I don't want to heap big expectation on this guy, Jaron Hall, but I don't think there's been that big of a drop back I think Mm -hmm. I think he's performing at a really high level this is a guy who is a very special athlete can really move throw on the move not quite the pure just passing talent of Zach Wilson but very very few have that pure talent but the overall package 
this guy's, to my eyes, so far this year, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, and great, great mobility, that dual threat ability he has. Um, now, every time that I've seen you on our Zoom meetings, you're rocking the Giants gear, as you rightfully should. What a year it's been. The first team this season to clinch that playoff spot. And, I mean, everybody doubted them. The sportsbook had them at 9-1 to one odds to even make the playoffs, and they're still doubting them in the World Series odds. Well, like, how are they How are they doing this? The best record in baseball right now, your San Francisco Giants. Yeah, number one, if I were uh, a better on baseball, I would be thinking hard about uh, backing the Giants to win the World Series. Not, not that it's easy, but I still think they're undervalued. People are underestimating how good this team is. Mm-hmm. This has not been a fluke, not a fluke. And they are absolutely one of the very best teams in baseball, and I don't think the odds, totally reflect that you know when the when the uh the odds came out the over under totals came out early this spring and i saw what the giants number was and it was something like 75 i mean they've won 95 games <laughs> as of today it was 75 for the full season and i did tell some of my friends i said do not walk run to go get the over on that total because I went, you know, I, I went to spring training and I looked around and I think the story of the Giants season is they have a ton of good players. Do they have the superstars that some other elite teams have? Maybe not, but they just have so many good players. The story of this team is depth and the ability in baseball to not give it bats to mediocre players, not pitch innings, mediocre pitchers, just have quality out there at all times. And that has held true from day one until uh, today. And uh, I think they are legitimately World Series contenders. Yeah, and they, preseason, like you said, I was looking at their win total. They had the same odds as the Diamondbacks, by the way, who have yet to crack 50 wins. Now, looking to tonight, uh, game three of a four-game set with the Padres, won the first two games that combined 15-2. to two. What insight can you give us real quickly? We've got about a minute left. Um, just into that matchup tonight. Yeah, well, it's a bullpen night for the Giants against one of the best pitchers for the Padres. But I, some in the old days of baseball, if you said a bullpen game, uh, you really figured your team's at a disadvantage. Today, uh, the Giants coming into this game, the Giants bullpen has been so good, I don't think it's a disadvantage. I think these bullpen games, the Giants and other teams that do them, the Rays do them, the Dodgers do them, they mix and match, and you get good matchups throughout the whole game. It's like facing a tough reliever every single inning of the game. And so I think it gives the Giants a little bit of an edge, as crazy as that sounds. You look at Musgrove against nobody on the probables, and you think, oh, that's the game the Padres are going to win. I'm not sure that's the case. Dave, thank you so much for the time. Can't wait to watch the Giants keep this going. I'm headed downstairs to the book as soon as the show is over to get those 10-1 to 1 odds on your Giants. Get a pregame power nap, okay? I will do it. Thanks, Stormy. Thanks, Dave. I'll see you on Saturday. You can listen to Dave on the Giants call tonight, splitting time on the TV and radio broadcast. First pitch set for 6.45 p.m. Time quickly for Taken by Storm E, my pick of the day. Cardinals minus four, hosting the Vikings. Opened at two on the look-ahead line, bumped up to three, has now mostly settled at four, four and a half. I wish I had gotten this earlier. Um, absolutely, but I still really like the Cardinals in this spot after they went to Tennessee and dominated the Titans on the road. Big fan of Kyler Murray. Um, don't forget, we're always going to have uh, some great 
great stuff on the show every single day. Derek Stevens every week. I believe we're going to have Brad Evans tomorrow to talk little props for Thursday night football. Lots of great stuff. That's a wrap for today. Another big thank you to Brent Musburger, Tim Murray, Dave Fleming for coming on. And once again, tomorrow we take a deep dive into that Thursday night football matchup. Giants and the football team. I'll still never get used to saying that. Rush Hour and Danny Burke coming up on the other side. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.